New year, new boys. The pod people bursting from the chest of 2018 into 2019. Just like the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. yeah. And or that famous horror movie, I guess. But I'm, Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, with, I, I was talking about the Kool-Aid man for sure. Yeah. Throwing red liquid all over 2019. Because the yeah. Kool- if there's one thing the Kool-Aid man is known for, it's bursting from the chests of our children nationwide. Hello and welcome to the pod people. 2019, here we are. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I'm joined, as always, by my fellow boys. Ben Sheets, hello. Hi, and I'm New Year's Cleve, Cleveland Mosier. Hell yeah, new year, new fear. And we're diving into 2019 with just as much cynicism and horror and terror and sleepiness as 2018. Um, But... We have to start our year, of course, with a 2018 recap. So we're here to do that today. Uh, we're not talking about any specific movies. If you don't like stats and numbers and shit like that, you can, you can go and get right on out of here. Cause the numbers what... don't lie. And they spell disaster for you if you don't like numbers. So yeah, we uh, we had a good year this year. We covered 73 movies on the podcast, which is pretty impressive. We How many movies have we covered to date? <laughs> So it would be a hundred and two movies. A hundred and two films since our induction in October of 2017. Wow, look at us go. Killing it. Killing it. Y'all trucking right along. What, what am I at? Five? Choo choo. <laughs> Well, um, you covered like five in the Saw episodes. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that's a good point. That was, that was the first episode, so I guess, uh, I guess, uh, yeah. That, that would... I can't believe that it, still in our early episodes we were covering four to five films per episode. I'm I'm really glad. Fuck that... me! I'm so glad we stopped doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so not not quite sustainable. It yeah, was exhausting. I, I was spending like 22 hours editing each episode. <laughs> oh jeez, yeah. I, I don't think I could have uh, consistently been a guest if that was the case. For yeah, sure. Jesus Christ! And that in that uh, let's play game episode, we recorded for four and a half hours, and I spent twenty six hours cutting that down to two and a half hours, and that's still too much. Jeez! <laughs> Thank God we moved away from that. Anyway, right. what's our what's in- our next stat, Ben? All right, so uh, let's go over our top five movies of the year. Why don't uh why don't you start with that Ben? Sure. Uh at number 5, I have a fantastic Nick Cage movie, an extreme Nick Cage movie. Him just going ham whether it's on kids or on pool tables. Um I'm talking about of course Mom and Dad, directed by Brian Taylor of Crank fame. Uh this movie was a fantastic ride and a whole lot of fun. It was our first mini-pod. Cleveland will be jumping in at number three since he was uh, late joining us as a regular on the show That's later true. this year. Um, Living so- under a rock means less uh, less films to be seen, but yes. We're bringing you out into the sunlight. Um, so uh, my number five spot for horror films in 2018 uh, was A Quiet Place. Uh, written and directed by John Krasinski of The Office fame. Uh, really unique, exciting, 
tense, spooky sci-fi horror thriller. I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, I thought it was a really special theatrical experience as well. So, yeah, that's mine. My number four is A Quiet Place. Um, Really high-concept, fantastic movie. Um, I really love the acting in it, and the use of sound is really cool. It's unlike any other horror movie I saw this year, and I thought it was just really well done. Um, It gets a little silly at times, but man oh man is it tense. Um, Okay, for my number four spot, uh, I have Hereditary by Ari Aster. Um, that was uh, a film that Cleveland joined us on uh, earlier in the year, shortly after we had moved to our new home in Durham. Hereditary is a fucking awesome, spooky, crazy, wild ride uh, that I think deserves all the accolades it gets. Um, so yeah, that's my number four. My number three place was Upgrade. Um, Upgrade was a fantastic action horror comedy movie. Um, It was very funny. It had such a dry, deadpan, dark sense of humor that I loved. The action scenes were visceral and really kinetic. Um, And the horror, especially in the third act, was really really interesting to see unfold. All right, Cleve. Yeah, what was your number three? Uh, The same. The same, actually. Uh, I did did end up putting... uh, upgrade over hereditary uh i think i think the hereditary is a better like crafted work as a film but i honestly up- enjoyed upgrade more if i had to choose between the two which i do uh i will add in that the soundtrack is is freaking fantastic yeah. beautiful score really sets the tone well um for as scattered uh as this film is thematically uh the tone is is it, it feels cohesive um, for as many jokes as there are and for trading off with the visceral kills and the, the serious elements, the serious moments. Uh, it, it all works very, very well. It's in many ways what I wanted uh, the the new Venom movie to be. So I'm, still, I'm glad I still got that same feeling from a film this year. Yeah, that was a great film. Uh, didn't make it into my top five, but can still agree with all of that. Uh, my number three... Um, is Mom and Dad. Uh, I won't rehash what Ben said too much, but man, is that movie really fucking fun, really high energy, and gives me that sweet, sweet, crazy Nicolas Cage that I love so much. Okay, at number two, I have Hereditary. Um, I thought it was a fantastically tense movie, a very dark but high energy at the same time i was surprised how it escalated and i thought tony collette did a fantastic job in it and as well the soundtrack the score was so incredible by uh colin stetson fuck yeah cleve what about you uh my number two is coming close behind number one mandy uh mandy was was just such a delightful film for me it made me feel like a kid watching Predator for the first time again, or one of the Terminator films. It, it really did bring back that that same sense of, of youthful nostalgia and watching old blockbuster films uh, that I I uh, didn't realize I'd missed as much as I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, Mandy. Little question to me. I could I could talk about it for ages, but we've uh, we done that. We done that. So uh, you know. All right, uh, so my number two is definitely The Black Sheep, and I'm going to need you to try to not have an aneurysm, Ben, but my number two is Suspiria. 
Um, I <laughs> talked about ad nauseum why I love this movie so much uh, in our episode. Go back and listen to that. Listen to Ben and I argue for two hours. Um, but yeah, I, I fucking love the new Suspiria. I love the style. I love the music. Uh, I loved the horror and the gore. Um, I thought the performances were great across the board, and uh, overall, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I liked it a lot. <laughs> Moving on film. to um, number one. <laughs> my number one is uh, not Suspiria. It is instead what? it is Mandy, um, which we just covered in our last episode. But man, oh, Mandy, <laughs> was this movie good? A beautiful cinematography. Um, super atmospheric, one of Nicolas Cage's best performances, and motherfucking Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar Goblin! Guys, how can you not love this movie? This is so good. It is a ride and a half, especially the second half. It just gets wild. Amen to and all that. Oh, 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 so much fun. Amen. Uh, all right, Cleveland, what is your top film of the year? My top film of the year is Annihilation. Uh, it Again, it was it was a hard—honestly, it, it wasn't even a hard pick between that and Mandy for me. I, I absolutely loved that film. I watched it several times over uh, on my own time at a very busy time of the year for me. I just—I could not get enough of that movie. There could not be enough dark psychedelia out there for me to enjoy, and it is a— it's a filmmaker's movie. I, I've watched every friggin' uh, behind-the-scenes piece of footage that I could find for it online. The practical effects were just exquisite, just spectacular. Um, and I loved I loved the core plot line as well. Surprisingly tight film for as, as astral and nebulous as it was. I, I loved everything about it. I uh, uh, Was it Velenu who directed that? No, that was um, uh, Alex Garland, yeah. who did Ex Machina. That's right, yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I loved it uh, thoroughly. I think Garland did a spectacular job dire- in, in his direction, as, as always. Yeah, no, uh, definitely, definitely Annihilation for me. Um, I know I wasn't here for that podcast episode. Or that was our second else. mini-pod, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I still am yet to read the book. I do plan to very, very soon. To compare the two, but without having done so, just as a standalone film, uh, I actually I just finished reading that trilogy uh, about a month ago. I wasn't super impressed, but that's just me. Um, I know you guys liked Annihilation a lot more than I did, though. So, yeah, you, you might take more out of it. Um, it probably surprising to nobody is Annihilation is also my uh, favorite film of the year. Um, I read all three of those books, uh, around this time last year, shortly before Christmas. Um, I loved the trilogy and, uh, I, I thought Annihilation was fantastic. It came out really early in the year and, uh, it quickly became my favorite film. It might've actually been the first film of 2018 I saw, or I guess it was second after mom and dad and, uh, nothing has been able to quite top it yet. Um, I've also gone back and watched it several times since then. Um, so yeah, hands down annihilation for me as well. Now, Ben, you have, uh, our top five average rated films on the podcast. Yeah. So top five of the year, um, according to our ratings as a collective. Yeah. Uh, 
Number five was a tie between Mom and Dad and Upgrade. Nice. Um, number four was Annihilation. Um, number three was A Quiet Place. Number two was Mandy. And at number one was Hereditary. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think me not being there for Annihilation, uh, that probably would have bumped it up, I think. Uh, that score but yeah yeah probably i think eugene rated it around the same as i did so yeah it it might have bumped it up i think it was like a four a four and a half and a five so that's a pretty solid lineup of movies in terms of movies we covered overall in the year um we had three uh golden pods perfect five star rated movies um it was the thing it follows and the poughkeepsie tapes Yep. Um, all, I still stand by all of those. All perfect movies. And then at number four, with a 4.8 rating, was a Get Out. And, uh, also makes sense. Number five, with a 4.75, was Jaws. Yeah, the, um, that's a strong top five that we talked about this yeah, year. Yeah, a lot of good movies. A lot of good movies we talked about. Have y'all, or did y'all cover The Witch? Uh, not yet. Ooh, not yet. Yeah, that, we, w- we, will, we will. We yeah. uh, will. Especially saving, if the lighthouse uh, comes out. I'm saving that for a special time, but we, we are definitely covering The Witch at some yeah, point. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it now. I, I think uh, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to belong in, in those categories. Yeah, we'll... Like, we won't spoil anything, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely be covering the witch at some point. Yeah. Um, so before we move on much further, let's uh, let's quickly pick our worst. Yeah, the worst of films the of the year. If you want to start. Matisse, yeah, I can, yeah, I can that do up. that. Uh, I think, Cleveland, you really only have one for this, right? You weren't with us for most of our oh, really yeah. shit of 2018. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll let you do your your worst film of the year with us. I'm, I'm going to just say the name of the film and then give it no more airtime than it deserves. Uh, and I think that uh, for any longtime or regular listeners, you already know what it is, and that's The Nun. And I have nothing else to say about that movie. We can move forward. Word. Um, my... <laughs> <laughs> you don't have none to say. I have none to say about that fucking film. All right. Uh, my uh, fifth worst film of 2018 uh, is The Cloverfield Paradox, a movie that was mysterious and hyped up and had a really interesting advertising and release campaign in that it was released the same night that it was first advertised, the night of the Super Bowl. On the Bowl. Super Bowl, On yeah. On the Super Bowl, um, I went into it with high expectations off of uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, hoping that we'd have another winner, and it was a stinker. Super convoluted, didn't make a whole lot of sense, overall boring. Um, yeah, just a just a, mm, a not good movie. Well, my number five is one I kind of hesitate to put on the bottom five, but I got to. The reason I say I hesitate is because the movie was a lot of fun, but it was very, very bad. <laughs> and that movie is The Predator, the new Predator movie. It was a mess of a movie. It felt like it was sarcastically written. Um, trying to be as bad as it could to stop the series, but what a train wreck. Truly, it barely squeaked out of my bottom five, so um, uh, my 
fourth worst movie of the year um, is Insidious 4, appropriately, The Last Key, a movie that is totally boring and uninspired with a hilarious 15 minutes at the end that is not worth sitting through the rest of the movie to get to, unfortunately. Um, I hope this franchise is finally dead, but I'm expecting nothing. Well, my number four was one that Cleveland just touched on, The Nun. Like The Predator, it was very funny in a bad way a lot of times, but it wasn't even as funny as The Predator, and it's not worth sitting through. Okay, um, and coming in my number three worst film is uh, Winchester, a movie that I had no expectations for, and therefore I couldn't say that I was terribly disappointed because it was indeed garbage. Uh, Super boring, uh, some really terrible CGI. Um, I don't know how they got Helen Mirren for this movie. She must have owed somebody a favor. Stupid ghost story nonsense hated it yeah it's funny because my number three is winchester as well um it is very uh very dry um very lazy um i will say the the magic bullet was kind of funny funny. but the rest of the movie is not worth watching yeah, uh, coming in for me at number two uh, is a film that you guys have already both mentioned, The Nun. Uh, it's really dumb. I had a lot of fun watching it because of how stupid it was, but I couldn't even in good conscience give it like an ironic rating. Um, it's probably funnier than any of the movies that I've mentioned so far, but it's definitely a worse film from a filmmaking standpoint. Um, so yeah, The Nun bringing in number two. All right, and at number two for me, um, this might be contentious, I don't know, but this movie had a worldwide release in 2017 and a very limited festival run in 2017, but it got its wide release on Netflix in 2018, and that movie is Ravenous. Ravenous was a trash movie. I didn't even hear about it. Um, it is it a sucks. very pretentious French zombie movie. French Canadian zombie. French Canadian. Yeah, no, even it, worse, arguably. Um, <laughs> um, it is all about French Canadian zombies that build a giant pile of chairs. chairs. Yeah. Whoa, what? Um, no, I, I don't even want to know. I, I put ravenous in my 2017 list but it was way down there for me as well um so I, yeah i'll second that but uh coming in at the by far like by an enormous margin the worst film of 2018 for me is the goddamn slender man one of the most frustratingly confusing and stupid fucking movies i've seen in a really really long time um nothing redeemable about it not funny at all just absolute steaming dog shit cannot say enough bad things about the slender man well it's the same for me (laughs) it's obviously my bottom movie of the year this movie is a movie that came out about five years too late (laughs) I, w- I, would, I would say more like eight years too mm-hmm. late. If it should have come out at, at all. all. 
Um, especially after the Slender Man stabbings, this movie just felt kind of tasteless. Right. I will. <laughs> I will. I will say uh, what we said in our Slender Man episode, and that is, if uh, you want to watch a movie about the Slender Man, that's better, much better. Watch the HBO documentary about the Waukesha Slender Man stabbing called "Beware the Slender Man." Really, really excellent documentary. Check that shit out. Don't watch the Slender Man. Did y'all touch on Marble Hornets any when you did that? When you did, we did yes. a little bit. Okay, yes. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, we need to go back and check those out. I'm not gonna lie, y'all. Uh, y'all are kind of selling me on the Slender Man movie. Like, not even faking. Like, it's I kinda not even entertaining in a funny way. Is the thing. If you want to watch a good bad movie, watch The Predator. Uh, right. I might, I might catch some clips or something just so I can get a better sense of how bad that. I, it's your funeral, man. All right, so moving on, uh, let's talk about our favorite performance of the year. And this can be performances if you want to highlight any. Oh, I know um, my, I, I've got several that I would highlight, so I think I'm just going to pick one just to save us the time. But uh, you go first, Ben. My favorite uh, was Nicolas Cage and Mandy. Mandy. Yeah, same. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, about, mine too. Yeah, 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 universal, <laughs> yeah okay. A- across the board, Nicolas Cage and Talk Mandy. Talk about dedication to a performance. And, and um, almost entirely, too, like that, the one scene with him in the, in the bathroom, I'll, I think is what sells it. I'll honestly really just extend it to Nicolas Cage in general, because we also got him in Mom and Dad, which was another one of my favorite performances of the year. So I'm just going to go ahead and say across the board, Nicolas Cage and horror movies 2018 is my favorite performance what a dedicated character actor man right no matter what movie he's in he'll give it 130 percent 100 million percent yeah (laughs) and i respect that a whole lot same um 10 out of 10 honorable mention goes out to like tony collette in hereditary that would have been one of mine too uh, I would also give an honorable mention to Tilda Swinton in Suspiria, not as the weird old man. I was going to say. <laughs> that I still think is unnecessary, but as Madame Blanc, I think she did awesome. Um, I would also give an honorable mention to Jamie Lee Curtis in the new Halloween. Yeah. Um, and uh, also the guy who played the cult leader in Mandy, I yeah. would give an honorable mention. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. Yeah, so go moving on, uh, best score... For me, best score is going to have to go to Hereditary. Um, I thought the Colin Stetson score was really awesome. Cleve, do you have a best score? I do, I do, and it's going to be Annihilation. Um, For as minimal as it was, uh, uh, and how it was uh, essentially one track and then warped and modified, I I thought it, it, it was just so beautifully, like, fitting and thematic to the film that they kept tagging on the additional, like, elements of that fractalized song so that it uh it played out the same way as the actual like spreading annihilation did like a like a cancer the the song also sort of evolved uh yeah i love that score so yeah definitely annihilation this is a really really hard one for me because there were so many amazing scores this year like the upgrade one that we talked about was great uh, Mandy by the Mandy score by Johan Johansson, rest in peace, was very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the new Halloween score was fucking awesome, like updated perfectly for the time. Uh, I I love the Hereditary Colin Stetson score. Uh, the new Suspiria Tom York score I thought was really excellent, but. 
for me, I'm also going to have to give it to Annihilation. It's tough. These are all way up there together. Yeah. Upgrade, too. Uh, upgrade but, had an yeah, awesome Yeah, I, I mentioned Upgrade. But um, I agree with you completely, Cleveland. Like, the Annihilation score is, is so fucking good for how minimal it is and how weird it gets in the final 15 minutes. It, it's such a ballsy choice to play that one guitar line over and over, and yeah. it works so perfectly. It's such a great tension builder. I want to give a special honorable mention in this category to... Uh... A movie that had more of a soundtrack than a score, but it was very corny in the most right of ways, and that movie is the Strangers movie, the Strangers Pray at Night. Oh, yeah, um, sure. It's particularly in the pool scene, when it's playing, like, what, what uh, was Total it? Eclipse of the Total Heart. Total Eclipse of the Heart, yeah. While I thought that whole scene the was pool. incredible, yeah. and the soundtrack really made it what it is. Um, so moving on... Uh, the last category I have written down here is Best Cinematography. Do you guys want to start? Um, yeah, I'll start this one. I have a feeling that Cleveland and I are going to be on the same page again. Yep. This is also a really tough one for me. Slightly less tough than the last one. I, I would probably put it between three, between Hereditary and Mandy, but just slightly above them is, once again, Annihilation. Annihilation. Um, uh, and only just like Mandy's cinematography is incredible. Yeah, and I think I think Hereditary's is really high up there too for me. Um, but it's yeah, it's got to be Annihilation. Yeah. See, for me, it is Mandy because the style of that movie carries it, um, True. and it is such an incredible piece of eye candy. The the bright colors. The very dreamlike sequences, the the moving camera in a lot of the scenes. Oh yeah, I mean just... a lot of a lot of the jokes land in that movie because of the cinematography. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I no, I cannot disagree with you there. That mm-hmm. that's why it was a tough one for me. But yeah. Annihilation squeaks out. All right. Yeah. Well, um, that just about covers uh, twenty eighteen. The one last thing I wanted to talk about is at the end of twenty seventeen, we uh, did a little bit of a prediction game. Time for those results. Last year we predicted twelve movies. Eight of those came out. The first one was Insidious Chapter 4, which turned into Insidious The Last Key. Right. Um, Hopefully last movie. Yeah, Insidious The Last One. We made that joke several times in our, in our, <laughs> in our mid-year catch-up. <laughs> Matisse, you won this one. Uh, you predicted a Rotten Tomatoes score of 28 and a box office of $25 million, And the actual was 32 uh, for the Rotten Tomatoes and a thirty million box office within five on the Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. I like that. Nice. Um, the next one was God Particle, which turned into the Cloverfield Paradox. Paradox. Obviously, no uh, box office. Eugene won this one uh, for the Rotten Tomatoes score uh, with twenty eight. Uh, the actual Rotten Tomatoes score was eighteen. Ouch. God damn. I, I remember being somewhat optimistic with that one and predicting much higher than it actually got. Yeah. Um, not a good movie. No. <laughs> um, the next one was Slenderman. Eugene won that one in both categories. He said uh, a Rotten Tomatoes score of five 
and uh, box office of five million. It was a Rotten Tomato score of seven. Holy shit! And a box office of eleven million. God damn, he got really close. Yeah. So the next one was The Purge Four, which turned into the first Purge. Matisse, uh, you tied with me for the Rotten Tomatoes. We both said forty-five, and uh, Eugene won for the uh, box office with twenty million. Um, the actual was fifty-three for Rotten Tomatoes, and a $17 million opening weekend. Word. Moving on to The Nun. And it's quickly <clears throat> moving off. I won with the Rotten Tomatoes with 23. Uh, Eugene won with Box Office with 30 million. The actual was 26 for the Rotten Tomatoes score. And uh, $54 million opening weekend. Jesus Christ. Um, oh, makes you so insane. mad. It makes yeah. me mad. The next one was The Predator, um, which, Matisse, you won on both accounts just because... Uh, we were all so far off. You picked the lowest of the high. You said 76 and 60 million. The actual was 33 and 25 million. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sad, sad we, we We predicted a lot higher for that one. It had everything going for it. It shouldn't have been as bad as it was. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Halloween. I won both of them. I said 76 and 80 million. Uh, it was 79 and 76 million. Nice. Very close um, on both of Yeah, those. very close. Um, and finally, The Strangers 2, Pray at Night. Um, Matisse, you won the Rotten Tomatoes uh, with 32. And I said 8 million. And I won that. Uh, it was 38 and $10 million. So, yeah. It uh, looks like, Matisse, you won six of the 12. Eugene won five. And I also won five. Fuck so, yeah. Squeaking out on squeaking top. Squeaking it out by one bet, you won. Okay. So, you get to pick uh, the, the final wrap-up movies of 2018. Yes, indeed, which we will be uh, talking about next week on the show. So, la looking at last year, uh, for our final wrap-up, we talked about uh, The Snowman, Amityville The Awakening, and The Killing of a Sacred Deer, only one of which was actually worth the time. This year, I'm... I mean, are you saying Raisin Boy wasn't worth the time? <sighs> okay, Raisin Boy was a little bit <laughs> worth the time. The Snowman was not. No. Um, this year, I'm not going to go for such low-hanging fruit. I'm going to try to hopefully be kind to us um, and choose some films that I have been uh, curious about and have also heard some good things about. Um, so we will be talking about Apostle, the Netflix original, which I don't know much about. Um, the Endless, which is a movie that I have heard a lot of good things about that I'm pretty excited to check out. And uh, Summer of 84, which I have also heard is good, but is somewhat of a Stranger Things ripoff. So I'm curious on that one. So we will be checking those out, and you can catch our thoughts on those next week. Yeah, I really have no idea what to expect out of any of those. Me either. Yeah. So I'm excited. Moving on. Yeah. 
I have pulled some movies from 2019 to talk about. We're back at it again. Yeah, this time I have uh, a few more than last year. Place your bets, place your bets. We're at... uh, Step right up. We're at 16 movies rather than 12. Well, I think it's fair because I... We can probably reasonably guess that four or five of these will m- probably not actually come out this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. last year. Yep. So let's roll through these puppet dogs. So the first one off is Glass, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, sequel to Split and Unbreakable, kind of a crossover of the two. Yay, what I've um, always wanted. These, this trailer looks, it sure looks like a movie. It does look like That's something happening, that you could like call it or not. a film. <laughs> like it or not, it's coming. So, Matisse, what did you predict for Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to say that it's going to get 65%. Um, I don't particularly anticipate enjoying it myself, but, uh, Split did pretty well, and Unbreakable is a a good film, so I'm thinking that just over half the critics are gonna like this one. Alright, and then, uh, Box Office. Uh, Box Office, I think it's gonna do 50 million opening weekend. It's coming out early in the year, but, like I said, people really liked Split, and people really like Unbreakable, and I think that that crossover is going to bring some folks out to the box office. Makes sense. Uh, Cleve? Okay, uh, before I give any ratings, I do want to preface that uh, I wrote these down uh, five minutes before this podcast, and uh, I me have too. Uh, no... Well, yeah. Yes, but also, I have no real background or understanding of these things, so I gave it my best shots, uh, but I think I came around, I'm going to come around okay, because I did try to price us right these a little bit. Um, uh, so, blindly, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, I think the Rotten Tomato score um, uh, is going to be about a 45 and I think that this movie is gonna gonna bring in about forty mil in the box office. All right. Um, and then my rating. Uh, this is a fuck you January movie. Yeah. By every means. Um, and it won't have a ton of genre competition because it's fuck you. It's January, but it will have a lot of rollover acclaim movies from December that are coming out. That's it, true. For competition. Yeah. I said it's going to get a 47 on Rotten Tomatoes. Wait, did you say the film? It's Glass. Oh, still Glass. Still Sorry, Glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have ratings, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 27 million in box office. I All think right. it'll do okay, but those acclaimed movies are going to be tough competition. Truth. Um, so the next one, uh, coming out February 1st on Netflix... Um, it's funny, when I was making this list, it had a release date of, like, October or November. Um, but they moved it up because it signed to Netflix, and that movie is Velvet Buzzsaw. Which I have never heard of. Um, this movie is directed by Dan Gilroy, um, of Nightcrawler fame. Which I fucking love. One of my favorite movies of all time. Not a horror movie. Um, but a fantastic, a really good movie, fantastic yeah. thriller. Um, this movie is starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Tony Collette, John Malkovich, Natalia Dyer, Renee Russo, and David Diggs. And it's about big money artists and mega collectors pay a high price when art collides with commerce. So it's a... It's got a hell of a cast. Yeah. It's got a hell of a cast. Same. 
it'll be interesting seeing more about it because it's a thriller slash horror movie and I have no idea what to expect. And that's coming straight to Netflix, yeah? So yes. no uh, no box office. No box office. Um, but uh, in terms of Rotten Tomatoes, um, I'm pretty hopeful on this one. I didn't see uh, his last film, which I did hear was bad, but I fucking love Nightcrawler, and this cast sounds incredible, and it sounds like he's more going back to the, the Nightcrawler way of doing things. Um, I'm going to say that the Rotten Tomatoes is going to be 85%. Just a random guess, I put down 91. 91. All right, yeah. up there. And, and I, Nightcrawler did very well critically, so I'm yeah. I'm yeah. Thinking, yeah. And funny enough, I also put 85. Okay. Um, I think this movie is going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it quite a bit. Yeah, so coming out on Valentine's Day is Happy Death Day to You, the sequel to uh, 2017's Happy Death Day. Which I wanted to see but never saw because it looked like schlocky fun. Yeah, well, we'll be seeing it very soon. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I don't think this is going to do too well in either the box office or with the critics. I think it's going to have like a, a soft opening weekend of like 20 mil probably like 48 percent on rotten tomatoes it looks like they're sort of going in the uh, uh horror comedy uh genre this time um it looks a lot hokier than the first one did although i can't say that from experience um so yeah we'll see what do you think for happy death day to you cleave uh, I, I i think i did wrong on this one but i'm not changing it because i'm not a cheater um <laughs> uh i put eight mil like when you said uh it's gonna have a soft really low opening of 20 i was like oh i've been i've been doing this i long. mean i well eight mil is 20 mil is still decent it's yeah but it's not great yeah. uh rotten tomatoes of 50 uh and, yeah. all right okay keep it and close mm-hmm. considering the first one was a sleeper hit and this one seems very comedic and entertaining um i think this might continue in the first one's footsteps of being kind of a sleeper and i said uh 65 for rotten tomatoes and 23 million okay keeping it pretty close yeah so the next one been very under wraps but it's coming out in march march 1st i believe and this is the new jordan peele movie called us as far as I know, the only information we have about it is the the poster. Yep, and it's starring uh, and the cast Elizabeth Moss and uh, Lupita Nyong'o. I'm uh, oh, I'm just great. I'm super excited for this movie, even though I know nothing about it. I loved Get Out, and I cannot fucking wait to see what Jordan Peele does coming off of that. So I have high expectations. Uh, I Get Out did very well uh, and was critically very acclaimed as well. I think that this is going to have an opening weekend of $75 million. I think all those Get Out fans are going to go see it immediately. So I think it's going to do well opening weekend. Um, and I'm giving it a strong 90 on Rotten Tomatoes, I think. I think it's it's going to be up there. Um, uh, yeah, I, uh, once again, regretting my numbers, I should have put 40, um, instead I put 30, uh, but yeah, yeah, so, um, I guess, I guess that, and then, uh, 30 million for yeah. opening weekend? Yeah, but it, I think it'll be higher than that, I just, I was thinking horror films, I didn't, I didn't know, like, the logistics on that, but that makes good sense. Um, yeah, okay, so, 
Well, I wrote 30, so I guess we're doing that. And then uh, <laughs> and then um, 85 for Rotten Tomatoes Rotten score. Tomatoes. Yeah, if not higher, I think. My personal scores, I'm sure, will be very high. Yeah, I, um, I think and, so, too. And I hope this film does very well. I cannot say that enough. I, I, I hope that I'm I'm, I'm, ext- I'm low-balling that score. I, yeah. Well, I just, first— my, my concern, uh, my single concern is that, that they're— since they're kind of pulling back on marketing this film to keep it as secretive as possible, I'm 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 concerned that that might have an impact on its its opening weekends, uh, letting word get out, etc. But also, it is get out like it is you know like the yeah, same critics. I th- yeah, I'm, so. I'm sure they'll start doing some some rapid fire marketing here in the next couple of months. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, my only worry is that uh, expectations might be a little too high from get out yeah that's um, possible nonetheless well. i'm expecting a great movie and a runaway hit i said 86 for rotten tomatoes and a 63 million dollar box office opening weekend moving on uh in april we are getting pet cemetery um the remake of the 1990s pet cemetery 80s 89 um and of course the book yeah, well, of course. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I I think that this is gonna have a decent opening weekend. Uh, Stephen King fever has been building the last couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is gonna help this movie quite a bit. Um, I don't think it's gonna have like an insane opening weekend. I I gave it a forty million, I think, and uh, I the trailer looks good. There are a lot of missteps that they could take, so I don't quite know what to expect. But I'm going to say for Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to put it at about 70%. I think it's going to be mostly positive. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I did I did roughly the same. I uh, watched the trailer right before the podcast, and I'm. Uh, it looks pretty favorable to me. I think that people are definitely going to ride the it wave. Um, and so I put it at $50 million. And a uh, Rotten Tomato score of honestly, I went as high as eighty-five. I think that expectations are going to be very high, and I think that they're they're mostly going they're going to be met in the the right ways um, for for critics generally. So I'm I'm going quite high on both. Word. All right, that was fifty million. Yes, fifty okay. million. Yeah. Well, I had the most uh, minimized expectations for this. It looks like a good movie. But I'm keeping my expectations low. I've seen multiple Stephen King movies in the past fail. Um, so that worries me. <laughs> Plenty. Um, so I think it, the trailers look good, but I'm keeping my expectations reasonable. I said 66 for Rotten Tomatoes and $38 million at the box office. Next is uh, the new Hellboy. Um, yeah, I... This was one of my most wild guess picks because I know nothing about this movie other than uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things is playing Hellboy now, uh, and I, I think he's a good fit for that. Yeah. But that's that's I, literally all I know. I don't know who's directing this. I, I don't know shit. Well, uh, sidebar, do you want to know that and change your prediction? Because I have it here. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's directed by Neil Marshall. Um, oh, of weird. The Descent? The Descent. The Descent. Oh, and yeah. Dog Soldiers and Doom Day. Um, and it's starring David Harbour and Mila Jovovich. 
Interesting. Weird. Interesting. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to change my predictions, mm-hmm. um, but the fact that Neil Marshall is directing it is... Uh, Weird. Is, is weird, Weirds but also out. favorable to me. Mm-hmm. I I said opening weekend. I think it's going to do well. It's a comic book movie. People like Hellboy. Uh, I like Hellboy. I, I also like oh, Hellboy. Yeah. But I, I mostly go off of the Guillermo del Toro movies. I never read any of the comics. But um, I, I'm going to say that it's going to do a decent $55 million opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and okay. uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I think on I think it's gonna have generally favorable review on Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm not gonna go too high. I'm gonna say seventy two percent. Nice. Um, yeah, my Rotten Tomatoes was seventy, uh, so just just under that. I hope it's higher, of course. And uh, I I went pretty high on it because I think um, that the demographic is is similar enough to Stranger Things, and that uh, David Arbor will will really I think assist. Um, in in marketing that uh, in its opening weekend sales. Uh, tonally, it's pretty similar to Stranger Things as well. Um, and of course, Stranger Things did extremely well. So I'm I'm gonna go quite high on this one. I'm really I'm really intrigued by the by the director of that because and I'm, I'm I'm hoping it it kind of pushes for an even darker tone than the Del Toro movies. That's sort of the vibe I'm I'm getting off of that, which has me looking forward to it pretty greatly. I mean I. I, I love the Del Toro films for sure. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I'm happy to see a, a new a new rendition of it. So yeah, seventy million box office, seventy Rotten Tomatoes. All right, All right. And then uh, I am a little more tentative. Uh, Neil Marshall, while the Descent is fantastic, the last couple movies he's done, like Doomsday and stuff like that, Ooh. were just not for me. I said it would get a fifty nine on Rotten Tomatoes, kind of more dis- divisive. Um, but it would do well at the box office with $61 million. Word. All right. What's so next? M- moving on to The Curse of La Llorona, <sighs> which I don't know if we're going to cover yeah, on the I, podcast. I don't know. It, I'm voting no. Uh, we're going to no. gonna have no to see. Me. It looks terrible. I think, if anything, it'll probably end up on our mid-year catch-up. That's possible, yeah. they. Th- I think they fit. Like nine jump scares in one trailer. I'm not. I'm, I've I seen really that trailer don't. so many goddamn times, like, and I'm not gonna go out of my way to go see this when it, it comes out. It gave me none flashbacks. I am. I am a strong no. Yeah, it's a it's a James Wan produced thing, so it's got those it's I, got those those none vibes I, for sure. I just don't. I just um, don't. I I think that this is gonna do bad. Uh, I think it'll have a little bit of the the Conjuring verse audience, uh, but I think it's probably not gonna do well opening weekend. I said um, I said eighteen million box office, get a little bit, but not a whole lot. And Rotten Tomatoes, I'm giving it a generous twenty two percent. It will probably be lower than that. Well, I got my Rotten Tomatoes very wrong, I think. Um, uh, and I, once again, too late to change. We That's cannot fine. go back. The way is shut. Um, I'm, uh, I put 50 on it, and I think that I'm very wrong. Uh, but fuck it. Let's, let's just throw it, throw it in there anyway. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a wild card in there. Yeah, um, if it's a sleeper hit. Yeah, uh, if it turns out to be good, um, you'll almost now, certainly win that yeah, one. Now, yeah, now, um, uh, if, if that wasn't the case, I'd probably give it like a two. Uh, but, uh, I know that I almost certainly will. But honestly, I think considering as well as The Nun did, box office-wise, and this film also has like a sort of a, a Catholic vibe to it, there's a, um, I think it's gonna be, it, it's definitely like marketed towards, um, uh, like the Hispanic 
uh, demographic. Um, and and the trailer really sells the jump scares, and yeah. a lot of people are in for that. I think yeah. it's going to do 25 mil right. at the opening box office. Yeah. Um, well, in order to win, you all, all it has to do is better than 36 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but I said <laughs> it's going to be much lower on Rotten Tomatoes because I said it was going to do eight. On Rotten Tomatoes. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and, but I do think it's going to do decently at the box office because Blumhouse always yeah. does well at the box office. I think it's going to do 34 mil. Yeah, they've at got the box that cash office. for marketing. They're going to put that out there. Yeah, that, it, that trailer. They're is, already is doing trailers for this movie, which is coming out in like April. It looks. They like are going to push shit. it hard. It looks so bad. Because you know, like. If they really didn't have confidence in it, it would probably be coming out in January. That's true. That's true. They're not releasing it in Fuck You, It's January. Uh, Mm. All right. What's next, Ben? Next movie is the new Grudge movie um, directed by the guy who did um, The Eyes of My Mother. Which I did not realize. Well, maybe I did. This one one was uh, one that Mm -hmm. we made predictions for last year uh, it was supposed to come out in 2018 and didn't uh i kept my opening weekend i i loved the eyes of my mother but it's a super weird art house horror film and like honestly i think the grudge has been not a thing too long for people to really give a shit it'll get a bit of nostalgia but i don't think this is going to do well at the box office um i said 18 million again and i believe that was what i predicted last year um however considering that it's by the guy who did the eyes of my mother i'm gonna give it a higher rotten Tomatoes score than last year uh and i'm gonna say uh 76 percent because the eyes of my mother was pretty well critically acclaimed, and uh, if he keeps it weird, uh, I think that's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah, since I don't think any of us have uh, seen too many of the Grudge films, but I've they seen are so well enough. I've seen none of them. Yeah, what I do know is that when I was when I was a youth, the the trailer for the first one gave me nightmares. Like, so I'm I'm pretty keen. I'm pretty keen on it. Um, well, the, when I was little, the trailer for the first Alien vs. Predator movie gave me nightmares, <laughs> so I don't think that's indicative of much <laughs> when we're children. No, but, like, I still... I, it just it did leave a very strong imprint yeah, sure. on me um, uh, that I'm sure if I was to go back now, it would be much, you know, find it to be well well less scarifying. But regardless, um, uh, I, think, I think it's going to get... Uh, I put a 65 for the Rotten Tomato score for it. And I think I think that um, uh, there's there's still enough hype still residually based around the original Grudge films. You think there's enough uh, J horror nostalgia still floating around? I do, I do think so. And um, I think if anything, it's grown. Uh, honestly, I think that the the, the Grudge it only continued to do well after its release. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say twenty mil for its opening um uh if that's not still higher. pretty conservative like yeah. i would i would say yeah see i'm gonna play devil's advocate here and the last j uh j horror remake we got was the new ring movie a, a year or two oh, ago yeah that's which right. was god awful and it bombed Didn't at the box office oh i, I forgot um, about it yeah. so i said 50 for rotten tomatoes right down the middle deci- divisive movie and uh, twenty one million at the box office. I think it'll do okay. 
Well, I think uh, if this movie does indeed come out this year, we'll have to do a uh, an episode on Juon, the original Japanese one, then the American remake, yes, and this one. Yep. We'll have to do an episode Absolutely. all three. Yeah, I've all always right. wanted to see the original. Moving on. Um, next movie is The New Child's Play. Which I did not even realize was happening. We got- I, I remember hearing earlier couple weeks ago about Don Mancini, the guy who did the originals, being pissed off about it, actually, so I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I... Mm, my expectations for this are not super high. I, like, there have been a lot of Child's Play movies over the years, uh, or Chucky movies, whatever, um, and I don't think anybody really gives a shit anymore. I certainly don't. Um, so I I think it will get a little bit of that nostalgia at the box the box office. So I think it's going to do t- about twenty five mil opening weekend at the box office. Uh, I'm not expecting the reception to be super favorable. Uh, I put it at fifty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, right about down the middle. Uh, I just don't know enough about who's working on this movie to say one way or another. So I'm doing a safe middle of the road estimate. What was the box office? Uh, 25 million. Ditto to most of that. I think, uh, it does have a bit of star power going for it with, um, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. With Aubrey Plaza in it. I think the guy from Atlanta. Yeah. uh, Paper boy, paper paper boy, boy. all about that paper boy. I love him. Yeah. He's fantastic. Great. Uh, and that, that'll help sell it. But even considering, yeah, I, I love both of those actors and I honestly still have zero interest in this film as well. And I think that I, I could probably say that for the majority of our, our demographic. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say 40 at the box office or sorry, 40, um, (laughs) 40 on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, just 11 at the box office. I'm going to Damn, well. all right. Yeah. All right, well, I disagree with you guys because I actually like these movies. I think the biggest reason of contention is it's a reboot uh, where just like this year or last year, they made another re- uh, sequel. Oof. Right. Um, so well, they're that's, going that's what I'm saying. I like these from, movies too, but... <laughs> they're going straight from sequel to uh, reboot. Which I think is kind of good for the series in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first one is kind of a sleeper hit, and I think this one might be a sleeper as well, um, especially with the cast. Um, I am fairly excited for it. I said it's going to do a 63 on Rotten Tomatoes and $29 million at the box office. All right. Yeah, I've never seen any of the Chucky movies. The first they are one great. is really? awesome. They are actually great. And it's the sequels the, the sequels are actually a lot of fun yeah, as well. The premise has just never yeah, really intrigued me, but I'd be willing to, to change my mind for you guys. Oh, I think the I think the premise you know, is great because it's fucking fucking Grima Wormtongue uh gets killed and his evil spirit gets transported into the body of a doll and he kills people. I think that's a great yeah, premise. The, the, the killer's name in the original Child's Play is Charles Lee Ray as in uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, uh, I see what they did, yeah. And then Ray as the yeah, Reagan shooter. I, I tend to like it when they, they do that and they it's sort just of combine names. corny as hell and I love it. Brad Dourif is awesome. Yeah, that, Brad that, Dourif we'll, we'll do Child's Play at some point, Absolutely. definitely. Uh, um, what's next? The next one is one I don't know if we'll cover on the podcast, um, but we bet on it anyways. That is 47 meters down the next chapter. 
I'm changing this for, for a few Or I guess you could say 40, 40 40 meters down. That's not a big change. It's just fine. Yeah, Ben and I watched the first 47 meters down uh, a few months ago. It was directed by the same guy who did The Strangers Pray at Night, so we were curious about whether it was any fun, and we decided that it was too boring to even talk about on the podcast. So uh, we did not. I My expectations for this movie are... Uh, 50 meters down, rock fucking bottom. Uh, it'll do maybe 12 million at the box office, maybe. Uh, and that Rotten Tomato score is gonna be a 10%. It's gonna be shit. Uh, I all, all I have to add to that is um uh is a I'm, I'm doing my numbers comedically, but I still stand by them. And that is, I think it's gonna just just like the film. I think that it's gonna do four million in the box office and seven on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> just to get that forty seven down in there. I don't I don't even think that you're gonna be that far off though. No, that's like, the thing. I hope it's dead on. That would just be like a stars <laughs> um, aligning scenario. That'd be awesome. Well, Tease, yeah. I picked twelve million as well okay. um, for box office, but I said. It's going to do 26 wow, um, that's on generous. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, just because I think the first one got rated decently, even though we hated it. Yeah, but um, this is a sequel. Yeah, and the we first one kind of wrapped itself up pretty We shall sequel. Yeah, or, or actually not, because my vote is to not see it if, it if the first one's really bad, and I don't, I don't want to. Uh, all I'll say is that if we do cover this movie, we're not also covering the first one. I have no interest in watching that again. The, if we in cover, that case, I think it's a bad idea. If we cover this one, it'll be a standalone. Yeah. I don't think anybody will give a shit either. Yeah. But let's move on. Yeah, so next movie is The New Mutants. Um, this is an X-Men horror movie. Yeah. Which, premise-wise, is very intriguing to me. I suffer from Marvel fatigue, uh, just like most of us, or a lot of us at this point. Uh, talked about that plenty on the show. But, the trailer looks intriguing. It doesn't reveal a whole lot, but I kinda like the idea of a, like, a comic book horror movie that's not Spawn. Um, so... And I, I think this is going to do well opening weekend at the box office. It's a comic book movie that will bring the nerds out in droves. Uh, I'm going to say that it's going to do 80 million uh, opening weekend. It won't do as well as like the Avengers or stuff like that, but that's just because it's a horror movie and that will scare away some of that crowd. I think it'll probably also do pretty well critically, uh, whether I enjoy it or not. I'm gonna guess a, an 83 percent on rotten tomatoes what was the box office 80 million i have the highest hope uh or i i have the best wishes for this film uh conceptually uh i think yeah to, to reiterate uh the more the more r-rated uh hero films uh or Mar whether it be marvel or dc the better uh i uh, again i was just really hoping that with venom i just i want to see more of that deadpool has proven it works like it's a it's a functioning uh it's a functioning system deadpool there is an and audience for it and logan and logan yeah they, they both proved that and uh i think uh it's it's a safe choice to do another dark film with new mutants uh the trailer had me very confused uh i i, I love x-men uh for from since i was a child and I'm, i used to read a lot of the comics as well and I couldn't personally. I could not track the the narrative. They don't seem to be the same new mutants that I'm familiar with, and very little X Men, very little mutant uh, things occurred in the trailer. I saw a lot of almost paranormal stuff 
it was like hell's happened with Kitty Pride. Like, why is she going through wall? Like, like what's up with the, the weird faces and the walls? I'm very unsure. I'm very confused whether this film does well or not, but I hope it is good and I hope it does well. And because uh, again, it will, it will continue to set that precedent for dark films, uh, for dark Marvel films. Uh, and so I'm going to say 70 Rotten Tomatoes and 70 mil in the box office. All right. Well, I think regardless of how it does, we need to cover a superhero horror episode with Spawn and yes, Blade. Yes, yes. And oh, uh, we could just, can we just do a Blade episode? Like Blade is, is just so worth it on its own. I love. Oh my god. We'll yes. See. Yeah. Oh. I don't know about the sequels. Ooh, but... Oh, it sounds like we're gonna have some decisive good commentary. Blade, Blade, on Blade that. two. Blade two is my favorite because it's Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, but. Man. I rewatched Blade not that long ago, and it doesn't it doesn't hold up super well. It's pretty schlocky and corny. The first so. one's kind of fun. So I said uh, seventy four for Rotten Tomatoes. I think this will do decently. Marvel movies usually have inflated uh, Rotten Tomato score yep, in general. Definitely. Um, and I said it would do seventy five million dollars at the box office, pretty well. I'm actually kind of excited about the cast too. Anna Taylor Joy is oh, in it. Oh yeah, um, Anya Taylor Joy and the dude from Stranger Things. And Maisie Williams is mm-hmm. in it. Oh, I didn't even notice Maisie yeah. Williams. Got some really competent. Yeah. Stars oh, in for it. sure. Yeah. Good, good young talent. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what's next? So next movie is It Chapter Two. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited for this one. I liked it. Chapter one a lot. Uh, it chapter one was groundbreaking in terms of box office horror. Uh, I think this one's going to be the same. This is my only prediction to break the hundred million opening weekend mark. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to do 130 million opening weekend. Uh, I think that's a pretty conservative estimate as well. Um, and, uh, I think it's going to do well critically. Uh, in addition, I'm going to say an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. Same from me. I'm just, uh, ramping it up a little bit. Uh, well, not for the Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm saying 85 on it. I'm, I'm trepidatious because this is the type of sequel where expectations are very high and could and be they could lower. fuck it up yeah yeah that's true. so there's 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 possibility for it though i i sincerely doubt it i think breaking up into two films is a really good call you can't do it in one yeah single film. It's as too, we've seen the, the book is 1400 yeah. pages there's yeah. no fucking way to do that story in one movie Actually, we haven't seen i think the the original tim curry one was a made for tv series um yeah it was uh, which, movie i think they released it in they the released theaters. it as they released it as a film, but it, it was a made-for-TV movie that was split into two parts, and it's fucking three and a half yeah. hours long. After Jeez. its popularity, I think yeah. they did a yeah. short theatrical run. Well, considering as well as the first It did, and the I think the hype will only become more real. I think that uh, word got out, has continued to get out around how fantastic the first one was, which I still haven't seen. So, it's uh, really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it because it'll give us an opportunity to watch it and uh, yeah. talk about it on the show, yeah, which, yeah. which would be wonderful. Um, I'm going to go pretty high for this one. I'm going to say $170 million in the box office. Wow. I'm going Shoot. I'm going way the hell up there for this one. Wild Probably busty. absurdly high, but what wild card. We're setting, it, we're setting it big, boys. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be devil's advocate here a little bit. Because unlike the first movie, uh, this one is all adults. Yes. You know, that's kind of the, the concept. And in addition, the second half of the made-for-TV movie is nowhere near as good as the first half. Well, the first half is not particularly good either, so low bar. 
Well, it's okay. Tim Curry is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. But but apart from that, the film doesn't whole, curry any favor with you. Well, yes, especially being almost four hours long. Yeah, yeah no, t- Tim Curry is the best part of most um, films. But I said it would do get an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes, and I kept it in the double-digit millions. I said 82 million. I think... Because it's adults and not the kids in this one, there might be a little bit of a drop-off as well as it being a sequel. What are you saying, that pedos aren't going to go see this one? (laughs) No, I just think it might not have the same mainstream appeal. I actually actually think the opposite. I think that that even if the film is worse, this Mm -hmm. one's going to do better in the box office opening weekend because of the hype of the first one. Yeah, from even if remember, even like, if general audiences were fairly trepidatious even if, about so many child yeah, actors. Even if quality wise it's it's lower, I think that the first one was such a hit that it's gonna bring everybody out to see it opening weekend. Well we will certainly see. We That's sure why will. we're predicting. That's true. So. That's true. Zombieland 2 is the next movie. Which is so a film weird. that I can't believe that they're still making um and that is actually in like a decade yeah it's it's been way too long um it, although it's tough for me to say because the first zombie land is a great movie and a lot of people really love it and i think that nostalgia is going to come back hard as soon as a trailer for zombie land 2 drops especially because it has the entire original cast returning and the original director so I yeah I think it's gonna do well uh, both box office and and critically whether I like it or not uh, I think it's gonna do seventy million opening weekend uh, and I think it's gonna be about a seventy two on Rotten Tomatoes yeah I think uh, critically the odds are kind of stacked against this film so I I said um, uh, as much as a fifty five on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, but I I think yeah I, I think it'll do pretty well in the box office again. I, I loved I loved the first zombie land when it came out a decade ago and it's a very fun movie oh yeah I still I still quote it fairly regularly you know God enjoy the little things and uh, snowballs you know I hate the the taste of coconut etc like or I hate I love the taste of coconut as the flavor not the it's consistency the texture, and, yeah but even then I'm honestly not very hyped. Uh, I'm not very hyped about a sequel. Yeah, I, I'm not I, either. I, it's it is it, zombies are so out of the zeitgeist. Like I'm very confused as to why this film is happening as well. So yeah, sixty million. I'm thinking, you know, roughly. I I still think it'll do all right, but weird, just weird, weirded yeah. me out when I heard that. Wasn't expecting it. You said uh, seventy two and seventy two million. I said seventy million and seventy two on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. And I said fifty five on Rotten Tomatoes and sixty in the box. Okay. Um oh, yeah. I think this movie is not gonna do super great. Um just because zombies are very played out and there's a lot of fatigue around them. I said uh thirty eight on Rotten Tomatoes and thirty four million dollars. Wow. Ruben Fleischer, who did the original, also did Venom. Yeah. I should mention Ouch. that. So next up is Crawl, uh, which is Alexandra Asia um, of Piranha, Piranha 3D, 3D fame. Uh, this one is one that I am personally very excited about because it sounds like Piranha but with alligators. I don't think this is going to do well at all. Yeah, so I'm, you know. I'm in, in, in either. I'm very excited about it because I love Piranha The 3D. premise is a young woman, while attempting to save her friend during a cate- or her father during a Category 5 earthquake, finds herself trapped in a flooding house and must fight for 
for her life against alligators. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm so on board. If it's Alexander Asia, I'm expecting the same fun, campy gore. Uh, I'm very stoked for this movie. Uh, I think that it will be lucky if it does 20 million in the box office. And... Uh, I don't know. It might be it might be uh, a cult hit at some point. I'm going to put it right down the middle at 50 on Rotten Tomatoes. I think people who liked Piranha 3D will probably enjoy this and vice versa. And, that was, and it's very split. That was 20 million? 20 million at the box office, 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Word. Yeah, uh, growing up watching a lot of adventure films, uh, I I love nothing more than seeing the bad guy get devoured by crocodiles, and uh, I don't think there's enough crocodiles in any genre of film, whether it be romance films, action, horror, you name it, always more crocodiles from me. Agreed. So I'm, I'm very excited about this movie, uh, even if it's a, a, a crappy, you know, piranha 3D kind of style film. Um, which I didn't see, but you know, it's that, awesome. Yeah. It's so much fun. You would love it. Yeah, I yeah. guarantee it. Well, you know, in that yeah, like that case, I, I'm pretty keen. I, I'm pretty keen for this film. Uh, but again, as T said, I don't think it's going to do very well. No. Uh, 45 uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, I went as low as nine million uh, in the box office. Your prediction is probably more realistic than mine was, honestly. Yeah, I think for the box office, it could very easily get that low. I said it's going to do much better. I I think it could do up to $41 million. Whoa! Um, I think an action horror hit like that can bring in the people. I mean, ultimately, it depends on how wide of a release it gets. And how budgeted it is. I haven't seen any trailers Um, or anything for it. Well, it's coming out near the end of this year, yeah. Um, so it's going to be a little while, but I said it's going to get a 39 on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think it's going to get super well received, but it's going to do decently at the box office. So two more. Uh, we have The Lighthouse, which is uh, the new Robert Eggers movie. Yes. Uh, the guy who did The Witch I am extremely stoked about this movie. You yeah. said this one has uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe yep. uh, yeah, as about, leads. Uh, the story of an aging lighthouse keeper named Old who lives in early 20th century Maine. So here for it. I'm so here for it. Yeah, it's got Lovecraft I, written all over it. I fucking... Uh, I love the witch mm-hmm. uh, i'm glad he's doing another period piece uh because mm-hmm. he's proven that he can do that shit super well uh, the, um, the best <laughs> yeah literally the best i've Wait, ever seen a period piece um films. <laughs> you you're i think you're right cleveland that this has lovecraft written all over it mm-hmm. this is this gives me a shadow over insmith vibe yeah. hardcore um, so I am really excited. I don't think it's going to do well at the box office. The Witch did not. The Witch got an extremely limited release. It has become widely uh, lauded, but I, I think this is going to do pretty low at the box office. I'm going to say uh, $22 million, but... I think it's going to, like The Witch, be very critically acclaimed. I'm saying a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, my God. Did I write the wrong number down for its box office? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, okay, so for the Rotten Tomatoes, I put an 87. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's higher than that, uh, even. I, 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 I think I'm going low for an 87, uh, honestly. The Witch did quite well. To my memory, and I think it's it's continued to have a uh, to gain renown. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And and so I think uh, I, I'm thinking that this will this will be well networked. Uh, 
as a film, which is why I think that I think my number is entirely wrong that I, I wrote down five minute uh, a little while ago. Now uh, I I I don't know why I wrote that number down. I wrote six, and that's wrong. That's six not million? correct. Yeah, I I I um well again. Let's wild card it. Let's go with a low. Well, yeah. Ball. I mean, like, like I said, dude, the witch, the witch did. I think it's opening weekend. The witch did something like twelve million. Yeah, I'm it so was. Wrong. It oh it God. was like a really. It was a really limited uh, release. Yeah, but there's no way. There is no way this is going to be lower than that. Uh, we'll see. I don't know why I didn't ask. You don't know. You don't ask, know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, you never know. We'll find out. But uh, um, okay, so. My my real answer will be higher than that, but uh, let's put six down for the wild card. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, I said 92 as well for Rotten Tomatoes. I think this movie will be very good. Um, I just read that it's going to be shot on 35 millimeter black and white. Yes. Oh, um, black and white. Which awesome. is basically unheard of because usually nowadays they shoot in color and turn it into, into black, black and white. And white. Bless. They're shooting they, into an authentic year. I don't Love even that. think I, they make black and white 35 millimeter stock anymore. Like they don't. Yeah. I, you have to get it custom made to my to my understanding with with Technicolor. Out. Yeah. Like it's um fuck yeah, that's yeah. exciting. And uh I think the box office will be both of yours combined at twenty eight million. Mm-hmm. So I think this movie will be d- doing pretty well for what it is yeah. at the box office. As excited so, as I was to hear that it's going to be in black and white, I think that that will have an effect on it. I think that that will that might hurt it. I think The Witch had a surprising amount of crossover appeal to the point where I heard a lot of people talk about it that don't even watch horror movies Mm -hmm. you know or don't like the genre so i am curious to see how it does um and for our last movie it is uh three from hell the conclusion of the house of a thousand corpses devil's rejects trilogy now of course i had to ask does this have anything to do with from hell and the answer is no no this has nothing to do with from hell we we mentioned this film briefly on our rob zombie episode several months ago uh when it was announced um i have pretty low expectations for this not super low um, I liked The Devil's Rejects, and I enjoyed House of a Thousand Corpses for what it was, but Devil's Rejects came out in, like, 2003, um, so this movie's about 15 years too late. Sid Haig is, like, 80. I, I don't know how this is gonna, how this is gonna go. I think it'll probably, Rob Zombie's got a, a, some decent box office pull, so I think it's probably gonna do about 40 million opening weekend. Uh, <laughs> not great, not terrible, and uh, I think it's gonna be about 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, slightly better than uh, right down the middle, but... Slightly more favorable, but not super high. That was 40, 40 million 40 and sixty percent uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if Rob Zombie has enough of a following anymore. I, I'm less knowledgeable about that, so I'm less aware. But uh, from my limited knowledge, I don't, I don't know if the following is there anymore. Uh, I'm, and I, I don't think it's going to do well. That that title is is horrid. Um, uh, it's a bad title. It's a very yeah. bad title. Uh, I'm going to say uh, 32 on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and uh, I went very, very low. I think this is my, my lowest, apart from 47 down, and it's the same. It's 4 million. I'm going very wow. low. Wow. That, 
I'm probably is... wrong. I'm probably very wrong, <laughs> but wild card, we're doing it. You're going Price is Right style on this one. Oh, yeah. One oh, dollar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, one dollar, Bob. Um, like I said at the top, I, I tried to do that where I could. Yeah. Um, I think this movie will do decently. It'll probably do about $32 million at the box office. And I think, critically... Uh, it'll do similarly to Devil's Rejects in a lot of ways, where it'll be pretty widely panned, but there'll be a pretty good amount of critics that appreciate the the deep-cut film stuff and uh-huh. the 70s exploitation references. Um, so I said 46 at Rotten, on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. So yeah, we got all those set in, and we'll see next year uh how that all pans out yeah we got a we got a whole year to get through um hopefully we'll still be around by then but uh that'll bring us to the end of our uh 2018 wrap-up episode uh you can join us next week where we will discuss the three films i mentioned earlier and sort of uh saying goodbye to 2018 for now we'll be talking about apostle the endless and summer of 84 so uh get with us next week for that shit uh if you like the show and you want us to continue on into uh 2020 would you better please do yeah please um leave us a a a positive rating and review on apple podcasts uh or wherever else you get your podcasts or just send us money like it well it's cool too you know just send us like bags of cash I mean, yeah, you could. I wouldn't yeah. say no to that, but I would really uh, uh, just prefer the 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 nice the nice words and the nice ratings. That that shit takes like a grand total of like five seconds. Hey, most importantly though, it. give a five star recommendation to one of your meat space friends. Tell a friend. Tell an actual person. Yeah, like spread spread the word uh, and tell them that if they like it to give us a rating and review we're gonna try to be bringing you some uh some more content and stuff in in this new year we're thinking about maybe doing some some twitch streaming at some point yeah both video games and movies and maybe the oscars we might do a, a live stream of the oscars this year so uh yeah just uh if you want us to keep doing our thing leave us those reviews yeah, um you can also follow us on twitter uh, at Pod People Pod, where we'll be posting those kinds of updates about new stuff that we're doing. This episode today brought to you by Letterboxd, unofficially, uh, where we pulled all of our lists and ratings from. Uh, follow us on Letterboxd if you have an account uh, at letterboxd.com slash podpeoplepod. There you'll see uh, all of the stats that we gave you here, uh, the lists of all the movies we've talked about on the show with our average ratings, links to the episode. You're right. Um, this show was brought to you by Letterbox. Letterbox. Do you have too many letters? Do you not have anywhere to put them? Well, fear not. With Letterbox, you can put those letters in our box. Letterbox. Thanks, Letterbox. And thanks, Letterboxed. Not to be confused with Letterbox. Um, but yeah, like I was. Follow us on there, and like I said. 
we're not sponsored by Letterboxd, but uh, if you... But we are sponsored by Letterboxd. If you are a film lover, I would recommend uh, getting a Letterboxd account. It's a really great way for you to track the films you watch and uh, share your thoughts with other people. You can write reviews and all that shit, and it's all... uh, They have a mobile app. It's all in a really nice, sleek design. Can't recommend those guys enough. Uh, so support them and support us. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Van Awesome, and I'm at Mr. Sheets, and I'm sometimes at Lightart Studios, where we tweet updates on our game that will soon be coming out. Our, our demo will be coming out anyway. Um, uh, yeah, at Lightart Studios, but uh, primarily you can find me on my art station as well for fun, fun arts and. And crafts. Should we uh, pimp the Discord? Um, I can throw a link in the description to the Discord. Oh, yeah. Throw throw a link to uh, our uh, Light Arc Studios, or rather It Stares Back Discord. That'll be in the description of this episode. And you can, uh, if you're into Discord and you want to join our community, uh, we post updates about our game and stuff there. Um, and you, you want to can... learn more about It Stares Back. Yeah, Key it's a good in. place to do it. And you can interact with us directly. We're monitoring that constantly, pretty much all three of us. Um, so yeah, if you're into video games, um, yeah, click on that link below or just into horror in general. We can always use more outside opinions. True, true, true. Welcome. All right. Well, uh, happy new year and happy new fear to you all. Check back with us next week when we put 2018 to rest and until next time, uh, hopefully 2019 is better than 2018. Suplex 2019, bitch. Get him.